Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a very special two-part episode of the Dicey D20. My name is Josh, and I will be your host for today's episode. Join with me, I have Noah, Justin, and producer Greg, as well as a very special guest. This guest is none other than Michael J. Rigg. Mike is the author of two incredible steampunk adventure books, The Clockwork Looking Glass, as well as The Clockwork Pandora. He is probably best known for his role as editor, producer, writer, and game master on the Steamrollers Adventure Podcast and Copper Hearts Podcast. Aside from all his work, Mike is a super nice guy and has helped us out personally when we reached out to him with some podcasting questions about a year ago. I've been debugging Noah to do some sort of collaboration with Mike, and we thought, what better way to collaborate with him than to have him as the first guest in our brand new interview segment on Dicey. So we reached out and we asked Mike if he'd be our guinea pig, and his answer, unedited, mind you, was absolutely. So, with that, part one, we go into an in-depth interview about the man and his work. Uh, next week, we'll have a part two, where we take Mike on a role-playing adventure, and it is hilarious. Uh, we get into some, some character acting and improv, and Mike knocks it out of the park. So, if, if you're a fan of Steamrollers, you're a fan of Copperhearts, or you're a fan of Mike's books, this is the interview for you. And without further ado, let's jump into it. Oh, you know, you guys have totally ruined it now. It's like I hear the voices and I have pictures in my head. Now you guys look nothing like I imagined. <laughs> I'm not even on it. Yeah, Greg's not even on it. So. <laughs> are, you, are you saying I don't look like a cute rat? In my mind, yeah, but you know. <laughs> uh, hey, how's it going? It's going great. Going great. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, no, thanks really cool. for doing this. Uh, appreciate it. We're uh, we're probably gonna awkwardly stumble through this the first time because perfect. We've never done this before, but, <laughs> but at the perfect. end, you'll be the best guest so far. Yeah, true. <laughs> Guaranteed, you're gonna be number one guest. So you can yeah, out on that. <laughs> yeah. Now, to, now to start my campaign to stop it. Ha! <laughs> guaranteed to be the best. So yes, I mean I'm Josh. I play Tyson. You might know our voices. Yes. The guy with the big headphones on. That's Noah. DM, you know him. Noah. And then Justin's the guy with the creepy white background behind him, who I think is frozen. And then I, uh, uh, I, I just moved in. <laughs> he's he's a little slow. Um, <laughs> and then uh, this is uh, our producer Greg. So all right, I guess we'll just jump into it. So our podcast, we reached out to you uh, just over probably a year ago or something like that. Yeah. Just for like a couple questions about podcasting. And you, you helped us out a ton. Um, have you ever had any other shows reach out to you? You mean specifically for help or uh, or questions or, or just? More, more help or questions. I mean, if you've had them reach out for other things too, that'd be. Uh... I've had maybe not so much shows, but I've had people like D&D group. No, you know, new GMs and things like that, setting up groups and, and whatnot. And I have to remind them that I make all my shit up. <laughs> there's no, there's no, uh, I say, hey, you should contact Dicey D20. They'll put you on the right course. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, see, aside from you guys, recently, I think the most recent contact that I've had is I did some promo swaps with uh, the Dice Girls. Okay. They're getting pretty big now, actually. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Roll for Adventure, actually, I think was probably the first one. Shook hands and, like, exchanged promos. And now 
they had like a whole bunch of things happen and kind of fell off the earth. I was actually just talking to uh, talking to them not too long ago, and they're planning a comeback. And I right. said, you can't you can't have Dave because we stole Dave from them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you know them personally then? Uh, well, actually, since I see you guys on camera now, I technically know you better than I know them. But oh, uh, okay, <laughs> okay fair enough. We, but we've we've chatted. Actually, there one of our early shows, they were on a Skype call uh, with me and a couple of players. So, so you never had any super weird weird requests or anything. We were probably the the weirdest question out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't think I've had the show. Oh, there, mm, I was kind of attacked. Uh, oh, okay. We had we had a character die in season one, and he came back. He just Spoilers. got ju- I got jumped. It's like. Yeah, he, he didn't even get a chance to roll. How you know? It's, how dare you? It's like, <laughs> what, what? You're the worst DM ever. It's, I'm not a DM, <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah, it was it was fun, and it was something that we had planned beforehand to you know sort of make a drama out of the the RP, I guess. No, for sure. I mean, we've had that before. Like no, when. Noah, I don't know if this is spoilers, but last season when he killed off Lena, he uh, he got attacked a little bit for killing her off. Really? Yeah. yeah. Man, it's either way. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If you kill off a player, everyone's like, oh my god, how dare you? It's so unfair. They didn't get a fair chance. And right. then when someone survives through an encounter, everyone's like, are you joking me? It's not even realistic. That guy shouldn't have survived that. It's like, oh my goodness, you can't have it both ways, guys. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I've had that a lot too. It's like, there's no way that, you know that anybody could have survived da 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 so but yeah i've yeah, i've heard both of those that's the tough part of being a dm slash gm i guess you gotta deal with the fan criticism but uh, yeah whereas us players we just get to enjoy it so you've done a lot of collaborations with other podcasts uh like shout outs and promos mm-hmm. do you have uh any mentors or people you look to for support in the podcasting community wow audio drama wise um graham Rowett, well-known actor and A.R. Olivieri, I love his work, and Sarah Ray Warner with uh, Girl in Space. So yeah, more more on the audio drama side, and actually I was more interested in that before I did the actual play thing, but uh, I'll save that for when you ask me about the birth of the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, more more on that side, I think. with As far as like actual plays, I haven't really dug into it to the point of like having a mentor per se or or partnerships or anything like that because again i make my shit up so yeah that's fair if we were to go through your uh your podcast history what are the top three that you listen to role play wise uh dicey d20 oh wow uh, you don't have to say that (laughs) (laughs) no i definitely am not (laughs) i i don't you know you guys are the only one who i consistently keep when it pops up on my feet other ones pop up and it's like my, and this is just me my personal thing sure if it's over three hours i'll swipe it off because it's like i don't have time to yeah. listen to that there are there are some that get really good into um production like like we do with music and mm-hmm. and sound effects so you know i'll give them a listen there are other ones that fall into the D trap of having combat last two three hours and yeah a drop off, but uh, no, you guys are like an awesome mix, perfect size. The music, the music is great. It's like I'm actually jealous. Who does the the production as far as like the music? And this guy, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you, no, it's uh, I do uh, the editing, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because it's like I've I've actually 
been jealous of that because it's like I get I got so far into steamrollers and I'm like, God, why couldn't I just do music? Why do I have to have doors opening and it's so horses yeah. and <laughs> every every once in a while Noah's like, oh, throwing a sound effect here, and I'm like, if we start, it's never gonna stop. <laughs> yeah, trust me, don't start, don't don't start, don't start. Uh, I do actually have a, a um, sword and sorcery fantasy, more of a D and D thing using the steamroller system in a fantasy world that I made up that mm. I used to play years and years ago in high school, decades ago, um, <laughs> that I've started producing for our patrons and that I've actually patterned after you guys. I just do the music wow. and I change that up depending on the scene and whatnot. But yeah, so kudos on that. Well, maybe we'll have to pop in for a, uh... An NPC character somewhere. Along. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> I think you mentioned that you like a lot of these podcast, like your podcasts are based on your writings. What led you to writing novels? Like something that sparked your interest, or? Yeah, I actually started out in film school. I wanted to be, you know, another Stanley Kubrick or Steven Spielberg <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah, Kubrick's more of an ass, so more Spielberg. <laughs> but I wanted to like get into film and. Along the process was um, creative writing courses and whatnot. And I'd, ever, I'd already written some short stories and things. And I had a creative writing professor who – and it had, he had the greatest class structure. It was one-on-one. You write a story. You just meet with him. You read him chapter by chapter. And the whole course was write a novel. So I told him how I wanted to get into film. And he's like, do you realize that if you're going to be a filmmaker, you have a cast, you have – catering production yeah you have a you have a studio who's giving you the money telling you what you can and cannot do you have weather you have sets you have all of this stuff he says if you're gonna if you're gonna tell a story if you write it all you need is a pen and paper that's true it's a lot simpler (laughs) yeah yeah so i started i started with that and um i've written four or five novels i got a letter saying we really like it and we've passed it on to our final editorial board of reviews thing. And here's the, here's the punchline of that one. That was given to me by my friend, Ray, who plays Martin Barnett season one on our show. He's a, he's a letter carrier for a living. (laughs) And, and they found that behind a filing cabinet and it was three years old. (laughs) So I never got to respond and they're probably like, well, this guy doesn't want to be published. So the clockwork looking glass came about because there was somebody else I worked with who wanted to write novels uh, in my day job, and he published a book. And I'm like, how'd you do it? And he goes, Amazon, they'll do it for you. You don't need an agent or anything. It's you know easy. You upload it, and it's done, and you make money. And he wanted to make a mint, and I just wanted to tell stories, so yeah. I jumped on that. Well, that's awesome. Um, I mean, it's uh, that sucks about uh, not being able to run with the publisher. But yeah. uh, I mean – self-publishing is also like it's it's kind of the new wave right now so i mean it is and i i love the artwork on the the covers they're they're really amazing oh, did, did you do them yourself yes yes i oh. did i had some friends who wanted to do some designs for me and they did and they those were kind of uh, an inspiration but you know me being the um like claws in my <laughs> own intellectual property i'm like that's not what i see in my head i got to you know so <laughs> I paid for the parts and stitched it together. And my, my day job background is in graphic design. So that's awesome. So if you wanted to give our listeners just a quick synopsis of 
the novel that Steamrollers is based off of, what's it, what's it about? Okay, well, the short explanation of that would be a woman wakes up naked on the top of the World Trade Center, but it's not the World Trade Center we knew before 2001. It's uh, steampunk. It looks more like, you know, a couple of Big Ben towers. And, but, and there's an arch between the two with a clock, and the clock actually stopped at September 11th. And uh, from that, she's just basically trying to get home and finds out that she's in a world where the South won the first civil war, ending the civil war, and then the nation got back together, and there was another civil war, and it was just a divided country, and the Industrial Revolution never happened, and zeppelins and automatons and all that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, I threw in the, uh, it does have an element of witchcraft and ghouls and some things of that nature, and that came about when I originally wrote Clockwork Looking Glass, it was a blog novel. I just did a chapter a week on a blog. Okay. And I decided to spice it up every once in a while saying, okay, what happens to this bad guy? Does he live or does he die? And I had people who were, because I had a lot of fans on that blog, and I had people suggest things. One of the things I did was have a contest to create a new character. And somebody had suggested the character of Pandora. She's a teenager and she's a witch. I'm like, I don't have any witches, but you know what? That's a good idea. So it kind of blew up, and then she ended up getting her own sequel. The follow-up follows uh, Pandora. So So with the podcast right now, because Mm -hmm. it's like a weekly blog. You post it once a week. Do you get Mm -hmm. that feedback as well where where you're getting fans saying, hey, this would be cool to happen, Uh, this would be a cool character? Do you have that kind of interaction as well? Yeah, I get a lot of, uh, you know, people asking for certain NPCs to come back. Wondering where, because when we each season is like a different story with with new characters, yeah, and a lot of them have asked about ones in the past, particularly Martin Pantsless Barnett, because <laughs> he's like always stuck in these hapless situations where he either loses his pants, can't get lucky, or gets killed over and over again, and he'll be back in season four. Oh, or, yes, heard it here first on the dicey D twenty. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. What made you want to transition your novels into podcasting? Well, I'd, I'd always wanted to do a podcast. Uh, when I was in college, I think podcasting was just really starting to roll, and it was in the 80s, and a lot of them were like how-to things. And because I was getting into writing more, I would listen to podcasts by J.C. Hutchins and Scott Sigler and Mer Lafferty about writing, mm-hmm. and like connected right away with Scott Sigler, and he ended up becoming a best-selling a New York Times best-selling author down the road. But I didn't even know that you could do actual plays, and I forget what one or ones I might have heard of or seen. And my friends and I were playing D and D, or my ripoff of D and D, in high school and college, and I was like. That would be awesome. And then I was like, but, but what am I going to do? I can't do anything that's too much like D&D because people will kill me because it's not D&D. <laughs> uh, we don't use the books. We don't use the rules. What can I? And then I thought, well, if I adapt the universe of my novel into its own thing and just make, basically make it like a serialized sequel for the book, just different characters, but in the same world. Yeah. So that's how that started. That's really cool. So is it is it the same timeline? Like, is it the same time is your books happening or is it before or after season one of steamrollers takes place immediately at the end of clockwork looking glass and pretty much the entire story 
uh, of Steamrollers takes place between the end of the book and the epilogue. And the epilogue of the book is like 10 years later. So this is like a 10-year span being filled in. Interesting. Now, in our, our current season, I'm kind of being stupid. <laughs> I went ahead and said, because the third season, I'm hosting two groups simultaneously. Oh, wow. And each group consists of soldiers fighting yet another civil war. And I have an American empire, uh, which is the North, and then the Confederacy in the South. And the Confederates are a steampunk bomber crew flying something like a B-17, but steampunk. And... <laughs> And the other crew, the Imperials on the north, that t- that team of players have walking tanks like mechs. And whatever happens in one group scenario affects the course of the war for the other one. Yeah. So if they, if one side has a victory, the other one feels the loss and et cetera. And I told them, because what we do is anytime anybody rolls a 20, they get a gold chip. And I am Ooh. keeping a tally of the gold chips being passed out on either side. And at the end... Whichever team has gathered the most gold chips in the course of the game wins the war. Interesting. It's in the epilogue that already had a winner. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to have to rewrite history. I'm sorry, but I I made the promise and I'm sticking to it. Hey, well, I mean, that's kind of the issue you you come into. And we we tried doing that in season two where we had two different groups doing two different things. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if Noah wants to speak to this, but... uh, I know, I know he was scratching his head about how, how to make it work and how to make it come to a nice conclusion where the group ends up together again. So I can only imagine. It's a fine line when you're, when you're running a, like a, a straight D&D game, right? So something a little bit separate. If it, in Dicey in Season 2, what was hard was that you guys still have like real freedom of choice, right? Like you can do whatever it is that you want to do. And so I'm always talking to Josh after each episode going like, okay, man, I can't take away their choices, but I need them to end up here. Like, I, I think I just have to make it super enticing for them to end up where I want, right? I kind of have to, like, stick the carrot in front of them, have them walk all the way to the end yeah. of the road. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to do, have two different groups and merge that storyline together. So challenging. Especially when we fuck around in a jail cell <laughs> six episodes. Yeah, man. I d- six episodes in jail, dude. It was rough. <laughs> Just rough. Uh, yeah, I had, the, I had the same thing with multiple episodes on an airship that was crashing. <laughs> when they, they shut me out of the gate, it wasn't my choice. I just wanted to bring my giant toad in and... <laughs> And then that just backfired, and no one didn't plan for that. He was just like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and I was like, now I have to rewrite the entire story. <laughs> yeah, I do want to say something to, to you guys as as far as me as a fan. <laughs> With me, there's like, I guess, a line between a D&D podcast or just a, a game in general where it's like, you guys are going to be serious, no goofing around. It's like you have a quest to do, you're going to and, – and, you know, just – basically no dicking around. And then there's the other side that's just nothing but dicking around. Everybody gets everybody gets drunk or wasted. They have no idea what happened. Okay, there's this toad. And it's like, oh, what are you going to name the toad? And I was like, all right, so far this shows. And then it was like Jack Bauer. And I was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is good. But you know what? It's It's been the like greatest friggin' thing. It's like you guys are like a perfect mix between those two. Uh, as far as being serious. And, and Noah, hats off to you. And I don't know how you do it. And I don't remember the episode. But there was another one where it's like my jaw dropped. I was listening on my way to work and I almost had to pull over because it was like, I think it was Fayevel was outside of a city. And you had the other players playing the NPC guards. And I was like, 
holy shit that's, that is, that's ballsy <laughs> i could not do that because in the same scenario my guys would be like oh welcome to the city come on in i'll show you where all the loot is you can here, take my sword. and don't forget you have friends and hand this to them you know <laughs> that whole scenario was great Thanks for the tip of the hat. Yeah, well, that was something that we we brought into Dicey in season two. And I think that might have been the first time that we did it, where we had players role playing what would typically just be an NPC role. And we've seen it more and more in season three, just in the most recent of episodes with Rogar and this uh, this guy in this small town named Jacob. But they breathe so much more life into it sometimes than I do. And it takes me aback, but it, it delivers like crazy when they, they hit it. It's awesome. Definitely. All right. Well, let's shift away from uh, your past work. What does your day to day look like right now? Um, so you're full time podcaster. Do you work a job? You have multiple podcasts. So yeah. what, how, do you, how do you juggle all that? <laughs> I, well, I try to keep the loaded gun as far away as possible because um, either me or the computer has got to go. Fair. Uh, no, it's it's a full schedule. I have a day job and my hours are uh, roughly 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And I usually get up around 5. I work on one show or the other or both between 5 and 10, get to work late, end up (laughs) leaving work late because of the job I do, and then coming back and doing some more work at night before I go to bed. So it's like pretty much it's become a second job. I really wish that Steamrollers and Copperheart were my day job. Uh, There will come a time where I'm going to have to write the third book in the series, and I have no idea where I'm going to fit that in. (laughs) So you mentioned Copperheart. What made you want to introduce a new podcast into into the mix? Were you just were you bored? Oh, oh hell no! <laughs> but it's I'm I was like building toward the thing I really wanted to do, and that was the audio drama is more is closer to being a filmmaker. It's actually just like being a filmmaker, except it's mm-hmm. audio, and I that was kind of like an end goal for me, and I think. The development of that came from podcasts I used to listen to early on were like from writers and stuff. And and J.C. Hutchins was like my hero at the time. He had talked a lot about transmedia, which is essentially telling a story or having a setting that spans, you know, social media, uh, a podcast, a book, a movie, and they're all kind of the same thing. So Copperheart is also related to the same universe. In fact, Depending on when you guys air this, here's another first. There's going to be a character that crosses over from the goofiness that is Steamrollers to the seriousness that is Copperheart. And I've always referred to the two as Steamrollers is a cartoon, Copperheart is the live action. <laughs> Are you worried about Copperheart slowly turning into the uh, the cartoon version, or is it? Ah, oh, God, I hope not. I hope <laughs> not. I, if if any time I get a review that uses the phrase "jumped the shark," I'm gonna just uh, that's gonna be it. What's your your end goal with the podcast? Do you do you want to in your ideal world, if money wasn't an issue and you could do whatever you wanted, would you move the podcasts into a different medium, or would you keep going with podcasting? I would keep them going, and if money wasn't an issue and I could quit my day job, I'd probably add another show and work on something in video. Okay. Um, so I, I've like a big fan of door monster as well. Uh, I don't know if you guys are, and I've been file following, uh, Kyle's work with that. And actually Rupert from our show met Kyle when they were doing a tour in Europe for door monster and actually got Kyle to do a, uh, like a promo shout for us. So I think I was running that and you guys consecutively (laughs) because the, the Tyson and Fievel 
you're listening to the Steamrollers podcast. Is, I like to throw that in whenever, whenever I think of it. Because <laughs> it's, it's just it's like, yeah, it's Tyson and Fievel, and they're talking about our show. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I appreciate that. Um, so with your with your podcast, I, I mm-hmm. mean, you guys have a pretty big scope, and like with your social media presence, what's been the best way to grow for you guys um, as a podcast? For us, it's pretty much been word of mouth. Big rule as far as social media is concerned is don't be a dick. Uh, Be open. And if there's something that you feel negatively toward, just say nothing. Just ignore it. Don't don't, you know, butt into get get into politics or choosing sides and anything (laughs) like that. And, And connect with other people like you it's like you know with us with you guys and with the dice girls and and uh roll for adventure and all these other ones it's a community and everybody has been so cool and the reason for that is nobody's being a dick to anybody else yeah and i think if anybody was they would just be smothered yeah. i've noticed that in the D even twitter community and twitter's terrible sometimes but in like the D podcasting community it's it's a pretty good group of individuals just trying to help each other out Definitely, definitely. I can hop in with some questions. You know, bury myself thirty <laughs> deep in the podcast, so now no one's listening. Kind of along the same tracks, almost. What do you feel like drew you to trying to take on so much and do so much? Like, are you kind of just the opposite of a perfectionist, or do you want everything to be perfect? Like, why aren't you putting eight hours a day in one one show, one podcast, one novel? Like, what made you get sort of everywhere across the board? Because I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, I I would have liked to just have one thing, but then I'm like, uh, yeah, I keep seeing something shiny. It's like already I've 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 already had in my mind other audio dramas and things like that that I want to produce, but there is absolutely no way in hell I I can. I think I've reached my limit with what I'm doing now. I'm definitely not a perfectionist. There are things that I've I've had that have fallen through the cracks or that I let slip through. There are some episodes of Steamrollers that would seem a little more lazy than others we because <laughs> yeah because uh you know it it happened to have been a week that I had to put a little extra effort into Copperheart so right now I've got a lot of uh, I'm juggling a lot of chainsaws. Yeah, I'm pretty much at my limit. And and yeah, no, I'm not a perfectionist. Although an audio drama requires that you are. Fortunately, I have actual actors who tell me when they sound horrible. Back <laughs> to the drawing board. So has it been a, a steady climb then for you, and just building up and and adding more and more, and obviously that sort of has gained you more support, or do you feel like you've had a, a big break or anything that's made a difference in in the growth? Yeah, actually, the audio drama has been the big break where that's concerned. I mean, right now, Steamrollers is around 33,000 original downloads. It's like, ooh, but that was that was four years it took to get there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Copperheart's coming up on nearly 25,000, and that's only been out since April. And there there was a spike in Steamrollers when Copperheart started, and because I have not held back that all of these things are related. You don't have to read the book to yep. listen to Steamrollers. You don't have to listen to Copperheart to get Steamrollers, etc. My whole idea was to have all of these things related, but you could just pick whichever one you want and you'll still have a complete story. I've had there's there's uh, one or two fans who are listening to Copperheart and they're like, "Oh, this was in the book." <laughs> <laughs> It was. Shush, shush, shush. <laughs> I really like how everything ties together. And you've kind of already alluded to a couple of things, but what's next for you? You've gave, given a couple of kind of 
breaking news. You've already broken a, a couple <laughs> of things here, but maybe more bigger picture. What uh, what's your sort of next steps? Where where are you trying to go from writing to podcasting and overall? Mm. Well, once I finish the third book, actually, once I start the third book, that trilogy will be done and I don't have to worry about it so much. But there are other stories I was thinking about as far as shorter novel work. But Steamrollers will end when I die. Uh, as a <laughs> matter of fact, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I'm like, all right, this, when I started the third season, I'm like, okay, this is going to be the last one because I'm juggling two groups at the same time. And it's like, this has to be the And then I started getting these ideas for what we could do in season four. So it's like, all right, there's going to be a season four. And then it's like, oh, what about th- what if this happens in season five? And, it's, and you know, with with Copperheart, it's like season one is going to have an end, just like Star Wars. A New Hope had an end. But Darth Vader was still out there somewhere. So you could, you know, continue that story. You will be able to continue Copperheart. And in my mind, it's like it could go anywhere. But all still connected and if i could do a video production related to all of this stuff could even be its own story i don't know but that's unattainable right now that's a dream um, I mean, we all have that we i don't know how many times we've talked about wanting to do like some sort of animated series with ours so we feel you we've all we're always looking to the next step and mm-hmm. the time the the resources <laughs> to right to going you guys have had some awesome scenes though uh that would be <laughs> that would be awesome animated <laughs> yeah, one of us just has to take the plunge and learn how to do right, it. Right, right. Maybe someday, maybe someday. So going back to when we first started these questions, talking about uh, how we reached out to you for some assistance, what would your what would your number one piece of advice be for someone looking to get into the inter- industry of podcasting? Podcasting in general or actual plays? Uh, let's do podcasting in general because I feel that's uh, I feel a lot more people can relate to that one. Okay. Number one rule, and actually for whatever type of podcasting you're doing, backlog. Right. Record as much as possible before you release the first episode. And somebody had told me that, and that's how we started Steamrollers. We only, we had a backlog of five episodes when we started, and the backlog has grown since we've reduced the size of the show to less than an hour mm-hmm. to um, – well, we just had – a couple of weeks ago, we had a recording session – but the last one before that was summer of last year. Oh, wow. And we have not missed a week. So what I'm actually editing and releasing are months and months old, and we're still recording. So th- it will not end. <laughs> we need to take that advice on. We're, <laughs> our, our process goes, we record Tuesday night. I edit it Wednesday. It sometimes releases on Thursday. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So... We used to do that a lot more where we had the backlogs and we take time off during the seasons, but uh, it's definitely hard to keep up with when everyone's got things to do and we're all in different time zones and hard sometimes to manage. So, I mean, hats off to you guys for getting that much of a backlog. It's like, it's going to be ridiculously hard for us to get together and have a session every couple of weeks or whatever and edit it and release a show. And And then I was thinking about, well, usually when we sit down and play, that can be six or seven hour session mm-hmm. if that's broken up into half hour increments and those are episodes there's your backlog right there mm-hmm. and then if if we just plan to get together once a month and sometimes it's been once every other month or once every three months we still have a huge backlog that's just continually building as we go how long does an episode take if you were to shoot 
edit a podcast back to back, how long would it take you? Do you, would you say? Um, well, the, the sessions themselves could be six or seven hours. I think our shortest one was four and that became eight episodes. The process starts on Wednesday where I do a first run through to take out all the ums and uhs. And, and by the way, I only take out my own so that I, <laughs> I sound perfect. Um, I do that too. <laughs> but, uh, um, 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 that process is about an hour. The next day when I'm putting in the music and sound effects, that's about three hours. Recording the intros is another couple of hours because I write and record those at the same time. And depending on how involved that is and how many robot vo voices are involved, <laughs> that can take some time too. Everyone now is listening to ums and uhs for the rest of this episode, so everyone really needs to be aware of that and uh, watch what you're saying. And I'm only cutting mine out still, so... I'm being real. Uh... <laughs> so the, the robot voices are actually something I, I find probably the most fascinating out of uh, Steamroller's podcast, because I, I don't hear many other podcasts doing something like that. Where did the ideas come from for the uh, autonomous... Autonom automatons there we go <laughs> hard hard word to say uh, <laughs> it is particularly like a radio show and the whole story was him and his sidekick going on adventures in a hot air balloon and what he would do is just play music for the trip and he would play uh steampunk music and when i started to sit down with steamrollers i couldn't just i knew i couldn't just do our sessions uh, even produced because with the backlog it's like the references and people are going to make comments about, you know, Donald Trump being elected or, or something about a movie. And it's like, well, that was years ago. So what I had to do is come up with a way to keep things current. And that's when I decided I'd have to have the intro. And uh, I just, I like that idea of the sidekick. So I started out with the sidekick. They you're, multiplied. I was going to say, you're up to five, four, five? Uh, Robbie, Boris, Margie, and uh, well, Ben just passed away so oh okay we'll take a moment of silence for ben <laughs> bad job man <laughs> it's actually that was a behind the scenes peek there that was a little ploy of mine the patrons are actually being treated to a story where the surviving robots are taking a road trip to urbana illinois to save ben's parts and put him back together well there you go so if, uh, if anyone listening to right now wants to hear that yeah i mean you can go to the steamrollers patreon and Mm -hmm. uh, check that story out. So where do you get the ideas for the, cause each, uh, autonomous, auton I can't, still can't say it, but each of the, each of the robots, robots. robots yeah. <laughs> they have their own unique personality. Where, where did you get the, the personalities from? Well, Robbie's is actually like grown and changed. It's almost like when you listen to first season Simpsons episodes, <laughs> uh, it's like Homer doesn't sound like that. you know, and everything is just a joy to Robbie. And that's kind of, how I play him the most, the hardest thing about Robbie is he doesn't use contractions. So oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. So if Robbie ever says don't, that's a slip up on my part. Uh, <laughs> Boris came from Deadpool because I really liked Colossus. So I oh, yeah. decided I had to have a, an asshole Russian robot. <laughs> and Margie is my personal nerdy revenge. Cause when I was in middle school, I had a crush on a girl named Margie and I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to make her a robot. And she's going to be all mine. <laughs> so yeah, the trick, the trick to doing Margie is I sit up straight. I think like a woman and I touch my nipples. While <laughs> that's what, that's what Justin does when he plays the devil too. Huh? <laughs> all the time. 
<laughs> All the nipples. It's, it's the key to my success as a character. The other guys didn't listen to me, but you're living proof that it works. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so you also play on Copper Hearts, is that correct? Yes. Was that difficult to transition from Game Master to playing in the game itself? No, because, uh, you know, in, in Steamrollers, I'm also all the NPCs, of course. And uh, so it was just kind of like bringing another uh, NPC to life, so to speak. And with Copperheart, the ad-numbered episodes, are because, again, I'm addicted to producing things on a weekly basis. And a lot of audio dramas that have a lot of work put in them, like Copperheart, release every other week. And I'm like, oh, that, you know, I hate that as a fan of shows because like, oh, I got to wait two weeks. That sucks. (laughs) So what I wanted to do is have something every week. So I was going to just do a simple last week. This happened next week. Look forward to this. And it occurred to me that, you know, what if that's a character? What if it's somebody in a different location and his job is to solve the mystery of what's happening at that other one? (laughs) So that was just going to be me playing that part. And then it's like. I needed somebody to give me the job in the first place. So then I had to hire an actor for to play uh, Colonel Hayden. And then I thought it would be funny if my character there, Jack Sellers, had a sidekick. So then I had to have another AI. So that brought in <laughs> Harris. And I actually just cast more people for the in-between roles because we've got uh, Jack's love interest, Heather, has been cast. Because I'm like he mentioned it at some point and the AI was making fun of him. And how short his dates were. And I'll <laughs> guess what that means. And so I'm like, well, at some point we're going to have to have an actual girl in there. Otherwise, people are going to think I'm making it up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is ironic because I am. <laughs> See, we just have Noah voice the, the girl parts. and we, <laughs> we just Oh, hit- <laughs> kudos. It's like, Noah, you are, you are like my hero when it comes to that. It's like uh, whenever I have a, a female part in Steamrollers, right, that's like, uh, I wish I could do it like Noah. <laughs> he, he just thank makes you. it sound so sexy yeah I don't thank, know how you. You, thank you yeah. it's uh it takes a long time you have to get into character it also involves rubbing nipples so that's <laughs> the key uh-huh. high five justin the secret's <laughs> out now every podcast is going to be so successful yep we're running about 15 minutes which is what we like so we'll give you little transition period here. Give yourself your own shameless plug. If someone's never heard of you, never looked at your stuff, what gets them into your stuff? Like, what's the first step? Well, everything is is linked in my website. My website is rigstories.com. It's R-I-G-G-S-T-O-R-I-E-S. And in there, you'll find links to Steamrollers, Copperheart. There is a merch store there where you can get merch for Steamrollers and Copperheart, like uh, hats and shirts and stuff like that. But you can also get both books. There's links directly to the books there at Amazon there as well. And every once in a while, if you listen to Steamrollers in particular, every once in a while, I like to give away the books for free whenever I can rigstories.com awesome would you recommend someone reads the book first or does it does it matter you can jump into the story and the story in the podcast yeah it doesn't matter you can you can be just a copperheart fan or just a steamrollers fan or just read the books but a lot of the like big fans we have actually need to have all of them because they (laughs) find the little easter eggs that relate between them and things like that and it's like a, a much larger picture i guess but no each thing each thing stands alone no, when's your book coming out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess this is the first time you guys are hearing about it. I'm going to drop it here first. Yeah, my my first storyline would probably just follow Fievel around. So that would be uh, <laughs> that would be enough content for a whole That'll book. 
a wild adventure. <laughs> a mouse's tail would be hey. awesome. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, as told through the eyes of Jack Bauer. <laughs> I was enslaved by a crazy psychopath. <laughs> Speaking of the psychopath, though, <laughs> I think we're going to jump into a segment called Unfiltered Fievel. <laughs> so since this is a new uh, show, we're coming up with segments. So we figured we'd give Justin as many questions as it takes to break our guests, quote unquote. <laughs> So he's going to ask you some awkward questions, some weird questions, and you can feel free to say pass on them. There's no, there's no uh, pressure to, to answer if you don't want to. And then after three quote unquote passes, you're out. And then the guest with the highest amount of questions wins the uh, Ramuski crown. So we'll, we'll keep tally and then uh, All right. every sub subsequent guest that comes on. We'll test them as well. So, I mean, you automatically get the crown if you answer one question. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, oh, question, though. Is there a difference between pass and a question that actually has no answer? I mean, I don't know what the questions are going to be, but, what if, <laughs> you know, I don't have a pass, but. Yeah, uh, we haven't looked at these questions. So we're, we're just as much. Oh, great. It's called unfiltered fievel, and we debated right. strongly whether we were going to filter the questions. <laughs> But uh, we left it as it was, so... Uh, Maybe the last and... The first and last unfiltered family. Yeah, figured we'd <laughs> test it on you, so you get to be the lucky... Uh, Sweet! The lucky guinea pig. So okay. without further ado, let's hear it, Fievel. Well, to ease into things, you know, a classic that I thought would be super relevant to you as a fan and just for anyone else listening got a Mary fuck kill situation so Mary fuck kill Tyson Rogar and Fievel and uh <laughs> give give a little explanation like we we gotta know why your decisions are are based like what they are so go ahead all right wait who, please who look they? them in the eyes please look them in the eyes while you're telling me <laughs> <laughs> where's Sam all right it was Tyson Fievel and who else and yeah, Rogar Fievel, Rogar and Tyson the, it's easy to forget Rogar main... sometimes yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Shoot. The trick is you can't kill Fievel, so <laughs> Oh no, no, no. That's that's already decided. I'm gonna fuck <laughs> Oh Fievel. wow. Hey. <laughs> fuck Fievel. Hey oh. got that furry thing. <laughs> you know, you He's can kill broken. Me I knew I, I knew I knew this unfiltered <laughs> shit was gonna happen, but I didn't expect this. Uh, uh, okay, I'm gonna kill Tyson. Oh, that's oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> Noah's always trying to kill me, it's fair. <laughs> I, I, I did the same. I will marry Rogar. All right. Wow. In a heartbeat. He wow. would be a, a passionate lover. That's for sure. I've heard it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't you can't choose to to marry Tyson. He's like a drama queen. You could not get anything done with that guy. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I approve. It's good choices. One question down. The Muski crown is mine. <laughs> uh, next one. What's worse, giving babies to witches or wiping your girlfriend's memory clean? <laughs> Hashtag Arda. <laughs> are these all all these all dicey questions? Maybe. What's what's worse? Hey, I'm all for giving babies to witches. Hey, I, I oh. thought that was that was awesome. Brilliantly played. You're Absolutely. a piece of shit, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Two questions. Okay. All right. All right. Out of all your players who you GM for, which one do you hate the most? 
Oh, well, since I'm pretty confident uh, that <laughs> only one of them is going to listen to this, because <laughs> the others just don't care about anything. That's fair. Hate. Like, literally or as a character? I didn't, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say I'll say Derek, my son-in-law, and and <laughs> I do have a story to, to go with it to explain why. All right, uh, we have we, in our merch store. We are selling something called the official pillow. I have created the uh, a pillow that was on the uh, bed in the stateroom of a riverboat called the Lady of the Cumberland. It's got the Lady of the Cumberland logo on. It's really cool. But what he did was Derek's character Jameson Mayfield was gambling aboard the riverboat. He lost. And then decided he was going to track the winner back to his room, killed the winner. <laughs> and then the maid walked in and screamed and he grabbed her and suffocated her with a pillow. Oh, and then staged, then he staged this whole elaborate murder-suicide thing. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? And one of the other players was like, what the hell, do you, what the hell are you doing? He goes, I rolled a 19. I should have won that game. I'm going to kill every NPC he has. <laughs> oh, God. And it, it actually ended up being one of the most famous or infamous things in Steamrollers to the point that, that the, pillow, the pillow alone has made an appearance in season three. <laughs> I was like, you ass. <laughs> That is a good answer. I wasn't sure where that <laughs> the question was going to take us. But. Next one. If you were a player in the Dice D20 and you had the option to adopt Tyson McKay, because as we all know, his parents are dead and that <laughs> happened pretty early on, would you? And why or why not? Would I adopt Tyson McKay? He's looking for a father. Pretty he low. Could be that guy. <laughs> Dad? <laughs> no. No. No, okay. absolutely not. No, fine. because every single character in the show is trouble. I, I would, if I was going to be in a party with this group, I would hide behind the nearest boulder or tree until whatever was going to happen happened. Trust me, Roger tries sometimes. <laughs> Let's see. Out of all the NPCs that Noah has created, which one is your favorite and which one is your least favorite? You could say Arda. I hate her too. You know. <laughs> No, she's my favorite. I liked Arda. Shoot, now I'm going to have... This is tough because I have to remember names. Trivia. Well, I failed the trivia then. But <laughs> I like and would trust more than any of the player characters, any of the Knights of the New Moon, I think, so they're, far. They're pieces of shit. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> You're just upset because they won't let you in. <laughs> Which is why I love them the most. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. He doesn't hate any of your characters, no. That's what I got. Oh, yeah. hey. That's what I'm taking away from this. I got a list, though. So. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm biased as a GM. I'm like, sort of, you know, I, I, I come from a place of understanding. That's yeah. fair. That's brothers fair. from a different mother. It's, a, it's, it's beyond words, guys. Right, right. Yeah, you wouldn't know. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, be careful, Noah. Now somebody's going to go around with a pillow killing all your NPCs. <laughs> Sorry, I gave him that. Sorry, I gave him that idea. This this one's a little bit personal. All right. So, <laughs> as the pit broke Fievel, has there been something in your life that has changed you? Just like something that's changed Fievel. Wow. Damn. <laughs> Why, why, why are you going deep, man? We're all laughing here. I'm trying to break you, damn it. 
And here I, th- here I thought, it's like, okay, I'm going to ask you a question that's really personal. I was about to shout out four inches and just be done with it. <laughs> but uh, I've, I've had lost loves, you know, failed marriages, depression. Yeah. And it, yeah but, but once again, guys, we're laughing here. So, <laughs> so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to storycraft something. Okay. And I'm going to say uh, my car was hit by a fire engine while I wasn't in it. And the fire truck caught fire and my car was fine because it's a Prius. Uh, I I don't know. I'll say good story. We'll call that a, we'll call that a a pass. Call it a fail. All right. Call it a fail. All right, Justin. Well, that's where he starts off with the awkward question. Let's see where this goes. Uh Four inches. Like, (laughs) <laughs> do, you, do you want me to keep going or like he's got the crown at five now you could hold the title there or you could keep going it's up to you yeah i mean if if we want to go further we can i mean we're, we're <laughs> we could have you back on if someone takes your crown and you could take it back uh, right, yeah yeah, yeah cool. i'll think of some more stuff to ask you uh, i got a little bit more but yeah we'll we'll say we'll say five was the first benchmark that's what we were okay. looking for so okay. congratulations you now have the Ramuski crown, so that's you know that's not an easy thing to have. It I is know. not. No. I think the I think the real answer is Justin ran out of questions, and that's what. He <laughs> <laughs> wasn't expecting that. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us for part one of our interview with Michael J. Rigg. We appreciate Mike for coming out for this interview. We look forward to part two, where we go into a role play with Mike. Tune in next week for uh, a bit of a space adventure with Noah DMing and me, Fievel, producer Greg, and Mike taking on character roles. It's lots of fun, and we hope to see you next week. Thanks.